sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Thursday Night Football is back tonight as the Miami Dolphins and Jacksonville Jaguars will play and determine which team is really headed in the right direction here in 2020. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. Of course, we got a big football weekend ahead. And the Major League Baseball postseason is closing in. We still have many questions that need to be answered in both the American League and National League. And hopefully we'll get some clarity on that this weekend. Or could be watching the St. Louis Cardinals, after the season ends, play two games on Monday against Detroit to figure all that out. Welcome back to the show. And Joe, certainly that's the Cardinals ace in the hole at this point. Uh, even if they don't qualify by Sunday, they Major League Baseball literally is going to make the Cardinals and Tigers play two games to determine if they get in. Now, the rumor is, is that if the Cardinals are eligible and they do qualify based on winning percentage, no matter what their seeding is one through eight, they're not going to make them play. But if they're on the outside looking in, then they will, which I think if I was the nine seed and I was on the outside looking in, Joe, I'd kind of want the Cardinals to have to play to see if they lose those games and we could get in. But apparently <laughs> that's the way it stands right now. I don't know whether, what other decision they could possibly make. No, I don't either. It's going to be a wacky postseason, though, and this is just the beginning. I mean, God forbid we have any other issues. And I will say this, you know, after our very rough beginnings of the season, I think we all kind of settled into a groove for the most part. There were a few hiccups here with some COVID tests. But overall, I mean, after the Marlins initial issue and the Cardinals had the issues and a few other teams, we did get a season in. So I guess when we all look in retrospect, uh, somehow we managed to figure it all out. People thought it would get canceled. You remember everyone after the Marlins saying, oh, that's it. They're going to call it. The season's going to get canceled. No, it's not. And then inevitably there will be hiccups in the NFL potentially as well. Season's not going to get canceled. They're going to find a way to soldier on and to play through because there's just too much money at stake for everybody in the process. So good on Major League Baseball that they were able to somehow get these folks healthy enough to go through and play. And they had enough protocols in place. So far, knock on wood, good job by the NFL to be able to do the same thing. So far, no COVID test for them, which has been kind of shocking, to be honest with you. Three weeks into the season now, we haven't heard one of them. So, um, look, you know, they, they've been able to take care of their business and get these guys healthy enough and put them in a position to actually play. But, man, Major League Baseball postseason is going to begin with a bang, that's for sure, with more extra games potentially on Monday with the Cardinals. Oh, boy. <laughs> Cardinals and Tigers uh, with with no manager too. Remember, Ron Gardenhire ended up uh, right. retiring. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the headlines for today. Boy, poor Ron. On this Thursday, it is uh, Miami at Jacksonville Thursday night football, and uh, you know certainly right now Jacksonville stands as a three point favorite. Lakers and Nuggets facing off in Game Four. Denver seems to be playing better from behind. That's what their scenario is tonight. So that could happen again. Uh, Southeastern Conference. Back on Saturday, I could not be more excited about this. A lot of the games have big spreads. It seems like the best teams are playing against the worst teams this Saturday. But regardless of that, this is when it gets legit for college football because this is the best conference in the land, and I'm very excited to see my Gators back on the field this weekend. Uh, Also, Miami, who looks pretty good through a couple of weeks because their new quarterback, the Derrick King's playing very well. They're favored by 11 over Florida State coming up this weekend. Mike Norvell, the head coach of Florida State, is quarantining. He came up. He uh, came down with COVID. 
so he will not be there with them. Of course, Florida State also lost last week. So Miami, a big, big favorite this week. And then tonight, University of Alabama, Birmingham, uh, six and a half point favorites at South Alabama. So two games tonight, not your best college football game in the world, but I may have a little interest in this game tonight. And then the other piece of news, Joe, that we got today was uh, Alex Gordon of the Kansas City Royals has decided to retire after playing 14 seasons in Major League Baseball, went to two World Series, ended up winning one. But for me, there's one thing that I'll always remember Alex Gordon for. Joe, are you interested on what that is? I am more than interested. I am intrigued. What is it that you will always remember Alex Gordon for? Well, what happened was in 2005, the Major League Baseball Players Association and the Topps Company determined that no major, no major league baseball uh, team players that are not on the 25-man roster can be produced under the header under Topps. And the decision came down late enough to the point where several thousand Alex Gordon rookie cards were produced in the 2006 Topps. They only went in boxes to Walmart, and Alex Gordon's rookie card, for that reason, is worth thousands of dollars, and for no other reason. And it has no no stats or anything on the back. They 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 made a mistake. They produced his card, and for a, a two year period, because remember back in two thousand six oh seven, Alex Gordon was supposed to be you know the the second coming of like Willie Wilson franchise. Uh, yeah, but, but he was not. I mean, a good player, but he was not. And so uh, t- his cards have gone down significantly, but that particular baseball card was is the last card of a player who was not on the 25-man roster produced by Tops. I should have known it would have something to do with memorabilia of some kind. So if there anybody's going to know the right answer to that, it's Craig Mish. There's no doubt about that. Alex Gordon, for me, is a great tale of a, a highly thought-of prospect that did not hit right away, but eventually found his groove. He had to change positions. People thought he was going to be the next George Brett at third base. Well, he wasn't. Ended up moving to the outfield, but like Craig said, played in two World Series, had plenty of gold gloves in left field, and also uh, you know, made some all-star teams as well. Alex Gordon was a very important player for a long time and a great testament to not giving up on players because they don't hit right away. So good on Alex Gordon and also a dying breed, a guy who played his entire career with one team, yeah. something we don't see very often in sports nowadays. You didn't ask me if I had the card, though. Do you have the card, Craig? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. I do not have that card. I do not have that one. All right. Is the wrong team favorite in the NFL? I have these cards. Or these. I don't know. Where are they at in this room? Somewhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today with you here on SportsGrid. Coming up, we're going to go through some potential trade targets in fantasy football. Of course, These are players that Joe owns in his fantasy league, so he's trying to convince you to get the guys that he has. It won't work with me, but it may work with you. We'll do that coming up in about 10 (laughs) minutes from now. First, let's take a look at is the wrong team favorite in the NFL coming up this week. And certainly we have some lines to go through. Again, a lot of big lines in the NFL. And uh, last week, I think we did this, and it was a complete failure, right? I don't think that we won any of these, so... Let's see if we can, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, nail one. some this We won week. one. The Giants, the Giants covered. So that, that was one. 
That's so true. The Giants did cover. The Giants That's covered. true. So the other one, won. the other ones were horrible. So let's uh, let's take a look this week here, and we'll start off with the Rams and Buffalo Bills, and the uh, another shaky line here, another line that looks like it's so easy, and it probably is not. I don't know. Uh, Rams at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Howard and I talked about this game already for the Super Contest, and we just want to throw something at the screen with this because. <laughs> It looks so easy. It's like the Buffalo's better than the Rams. They're only a point and a half favorite. But again, why? <laughs> why are they only a point and a half favorite? So uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say the wrong team is favored here. I think the right pick is the Rams. Mm. Oh, okay. I, I'm going to take the other end of this. Josh Allen accounts for more offense on his own this year than 22 other NFL teams. Let that sink in. That's how good Josh Allen's been and productive he's been. Not just throwing the football, but also obviously rushing the football. And uh, he's making a lot of plays. And the Rams have been you know, pretty good to start. However, I just want to remind everybody, they probably should not have won that first game of the year on Sunday Night Football. That should have been a Cowboys victory. Then they went and played the Eagles, who have all kinds of issues right now they're trying to figure out. So that's not surprising either. Now you're going to go on the road into Buffalo. Uh, I know it's not necessarily December, so it's not going to be 30 degrees there. But I find that hard to believe. So I don't think, I do think actually that the the Bills are the team here and the right team is favored in this one. I'm going to take the other side of this one. I think Buffalo is going to surprise people and I think they're going to put a hurting on the Rams. They really do. And uh, I think the Rams are much better than they were last year. I'm just not sold on them completely yet either. Uh, once again, I'm going to look to what the strengths are of the Rams, and that is throwing the football. And what's the strength, obviously, of uh, of the uh, Buffalo Bills? It's the secondary. So if you could shut that down, we'll see if Henderson and maybe Malcolm Brown, if he's able to play, I wouldn't be looking at this week potentially we know acres is out already so they're a little depleted there with the running backs that they want to use and i think that secondary can stop the rams aerial attack so i actually think buffalo is the right team favorite here and i think people are overthinking this one this week but it is at first glance i think very tricky it definitely is worthy of a pause yeah it feels like this is the same exact discussion with the eagles last week honestly now of course in hindsight it looks so easy that all oh, the eagles don't look good but at the time going into the game we thought the eagles just had one bad game now they don't even look like a good team so oh hate that game okay now let's move on to the packers and saints where the saints of course against the raiders look pretty human i would say the packers have looked out of this world the Saints are favored by three points in this game. Is the wrong team favored in this one? I'm going to say the wrong team is not it, the wrong team is not favored. I, I think Seattle, you still have to trust the Saints in that building in the dome. I know they don't have Michael Thomas. I get that, but that first game where they had to play with Alvin Kamara against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense is really really good. So I want to give them a lot of credit for slowing him down. Nobody really slowed Alvin Kamara down on Monday night. And I think the Saints basically got a wake-up call there because they didn't play all that great in the first week. And then you go on the road and you lose to Las Vegas. I know they were opening up the building. They were very energetic. But still, that's a really bad loss. You get back home. You should get right here. The Packers have been out of the gate very good. But at the same time, I don't think the wrong team is favored here. I think New Orleans has earned enough respect in that building over the last decade that they have to be favored in this game. That doesn't mean that Green Bay can't cover. It doesn't mean that Green Bay can't win this game. I think going into it being favored, I think you still have to favor the New Orleans Saints, don't you, Craig? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Uh, three things working against the Saints in this one to be favored. And again, Vegas makes the right line here. But the question is, 
you know, how much better is Green Bay than uh, the Saints at this point? Um, three things working against them. Michael Thomas is one. The second is not having fans in New Orleans, which I think is a major reason why this line is only three. And then the third is, is that I think you have to, at this point, wonder about Drew Brees, which you haven't had to say in a long time. There were some really poor throws that he made last game. And again, you know, we said this with Brady a couple of years ago, and then Brady proved everybody wrong. And, and I have no doubt there's certainly that chance that Brees could come out and just tear up Green Bay, and we could change everything that we feel about him. But you hear these stories about, oh, he's ready to go to the booth, and he's going to do it next year, and... I mean, Drew Brees is the most focused athlete that New Orleans has ever had in that city. So I find it hard to believe. But for me, I do believe the wrong team is favored here. I'm worried about the Saints. They should have looked better in in week one. They should have looked better in week two. And I don't love the Packers, but I I think that we could be seeing is a possibility. We could be seeing the end of the line for Drew Brees. And so that's scary. I'm going to say the wrong team is favored. Wow. Yeah. And speaking of and speaking of that, you know, the the home field advantage or the lack thereof this year with no crowds and things like that. So far, we have experienced Seattle without a crowd. Clearly not the same place. Right. New England goes up there, puts up a ton of points because you don't have to worry about the noise. You didn't have to Green Bay didn't have to worry about the noise factor in Minnesota, a very loud building. That was a huge advantage, I think, for that defense. And if you go back and look at the home record of that defense last year, home record stats on that D was very good. And I think now you get a question what's going on with New Orleans. So. Are, are we, I agree that there's, you know, you're in the dome, you're in a controlled environment, you you have, you know, this, the turf advantage, all, all those things that you have not playing in the elements of outdoors. But at the same time, do we have to really reprogram our brains here about what home field advantage is or isn't this season? Yes, I think you do. Yeah. Another team too that I would, that I would bring up for sure, who has a great home field advantage you're telling me that Jacksonville would have went into Indianapolis, even with just the disparity of talent that are on both teams and just smashed the Colts on the road. I don't think that that happens in that building with a strong crowd there for Indy. And I, I know that Rivers made mistakes at the end of the game, but yeah, I do think that you have to think a little bit differently. And and I think that's why the line is only three. Saints were just so good at home and that place gets so loud on defense. And now there is none of that. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a decibel level they can only bring the crowd noise up to. Yes. And it's nowhere. There's a limit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's nowhere near what it used to be. All right. Now, uh, here's the final game. It's Monday night. And in in our discussions as far as picking this game against the spread for the Super Contest, we did a, a live stream last night and decided we are not going to pick this game because we want to enjoy it. I don't have a good feeling for this <laughs> one at all. This is probably going to be the best game of the year. The Ravens are actually about three and a half point favorites in this one. The wrong team is not favored. Come on. The Ravens are at home. They're really good. You cannot make the Chiefs favored on the road against Baltimore. I don't care who they are. So the wrong team is not favored here. The game is going to be 31-27 with two minutes to go. One team is going to be up. The other one's going to have the ball. They're going to score. They're going to go for two, either get it or not get it, and that's going to cover the spread. It's going to be a great close game. I want no part of it. I can understand not wanting any part of it just to watch and enjoy it. And I know I will be, and all of America should be. It's going to be fantastic. This is the Super Bowl champs, though. I understand the Baltimore defense. I understand they're at home. But, man, I'm getting a little sick and tired of Baltimore having big-time games like this and kind of not showing up for it. They get pwned in the playoffs two years in a row. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes and company still found a way to win on the road last week against a very tough Charger defense there in a very tough game, and they figured it out. They also have the... A great kicker there that can match Justin Tucker. How many teams can say that? Um, so I would not be shocked at all if Kansas City covered here. 
but the right the right team is favored in this one too. I would agree. You have to still favor Baltimore. Uh, you said it moved to three and a half, so that's kind of interesting. What makes you think that it jumped from the three to three and a half recently? It's basically just making Baltimore a half point better because again, every team is minus three essentially just for playing in their home field. And 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 look, it does it does the line does scream to take Kansas City and take the points in this one. But again, there's a reason why it's uh it's three and a half but I, i'm gonna enjoy the game i i just don't want to get involved in that one because i do feel that it's going to be close it's going to be high scoring and you're not going to know with two minutes to go who's going to win so that, no analysis just a coin flip and that's not something that i want to get involved in okay uh coming up next if you are interested in making a fantasy football trade we'll go over some wide receivers that you could potentially target we'll have that next year then fantasy or reality so stay tuned Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm Chris Kofsky with your Sports Grid News Update. Tyler Hero was the hero of Game 4 last night for the Miami Heat as he scored 37 points off the bench for the Heat in their 112-109 win against the Celtics. 37 points for Hero is the second most in a playoff game by a player 20 years or younger. Only Magic Johnson had more points with 42. Hero shot 50% from 3 and 66% from the field. The Heat also got 20-plus point performances from Gordon Drogic, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. Jason Tatum led the Celtics in scoring with 28 points, all of which came in the second half. Half Tatum was shut out in the first half. The Heat lead that series three games to one and could put it away with a win on Friday. And tonight we have game four of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The Lakers lead the series two games to one. To the NHL hub where the Tampa Bay Lightning are in control of the Stanley Cup Finals after their 5-2 win over the Dallas Stars to now lead the series two games to one. A nice moment for the Lightning as their captain Steven Stamkos made his return last night for the first time since February as he is recovering from a core muscle injury and he scored a goal early in the first period but sadly Stamkos only played three minutes and did not return to the game with an injury. No word if Stamkos will be okay for game four. That will be on Friday with Tampa Bay leading the series two games to one. To the Diamond where the first time since 2010 the Tampa Bay Rays are American League East champions as the Rays clinched the AL East with their 8-5 win over the Mets. Tyler Glass now wins six innings for the Rays, striking out eight, giving up two runs on three hits. And speaking of the Mets, John Heyman reported this morning that when new owner Steve Cohen's purchase of the Mets gets approved by owners, Cohen will be the CEO and he will be bringing back former Mets GM Sandy Alderson as team president. And Alderson will oversee all Mets baseball and business operations. Alderson will report directly to Steve Cohen. The Braves beat the Marlins 9-4, but Braves ace Max Fried left the game after the first inning after tweaking his ankle, fielding a bunt but Braves skipper Brian Sticker does not believe Freed's injury is too serious. Mike Clemenger also left his start after the first inning against the Angels as Padres skipper Jace Tingler said Clemenger was pulled because of tightness in the bicep tendon area of his throwing arm. Clemenger got an MRI yesterday and the Padres are awaiting the results of that. They lost last night to the Angels 5-2. to two. Trevor Bauer was stellar again last night in his quest for the NL Cy Young going 8 innings pitch giving up 1 run on forward striking out 12 Brewers. The Reds got the win 6-1 to one. and good news for the Indians as skipper Terry Francona is set to return to the team in the postseason bubble, Francona has missed 42 games this season because of gastrointestinal surgery and blood clotting issues. Thursday night football tonight from Jack.
Jacksonville as the 1-1 Jaguars host the 0-2 Dolphins. Current line at the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Jaguars are three-point favorites at minus 154 on the money line. The Dolphins are the dogs at plus 130 on the money line. Total in that game, 40.5 with the over slightly favorite at minus 115. And a little bit of injury news on that game. Tom Palacero reported this morning that Jags top receiver DJ Chark, who is questionable with a chest slice back injury, is trending towards the right direction. But there has been no final decision made for his status yet. That will happen closer to kickoff at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. I am Chris Koski with your Sports Grid News Update. You want the edge? Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, I do. I think you look at the stats, there are seven catches on seven targets. So he's caught every single ball that's been thrown at him because why? That's who DJ Shark is. He's that kind of wide receiver. And once again, you look at the, he's only got one touchdown so far. He hasn't had a huge game, but again, that's the half PPR scoring. So in full point PPR, he's been a little bit better. He is dealing with an injury right now. So the stock is in a weird place because people are saying, hey, where's the guy that had a thousand uh, yards receiving last year and, you know, had eight touchdowns? Where is he going? Well, He's going to be there. They're just finding some other pieces right now in some of those games, and that's okay. It's always going to be part of the game plan to have DJ Shark involved. Now, whether or not he plays tonight is actually very interesting because if he does not, people will really sour on him very quickly, in which case he is a fantastic trade target for week four. If he does play and has a big game, the window's probably shut on this. But if he plays, just goes through, and is kind of mediocre again, you could chalk that up to an injury. And guess what? Next week he's going to have some extra rest. He also becomes a good trade target. So the only thing that could stop me from wanting to acquire DJ Shark or being able to is a big Thursday night performance, which is not outside of the realm of possibility. But DJ Shark is a high-quality wide receiver. That's why he's caught every ball that's been thrown to him this year. And again, another dude that I think right now the stock is low on, but the talent and the ceiling are still very high. All right, let's uh, move across the other side of the field to the Miami Dolphins. And certainly through two games, it's been a massive disappointment for Preston Williams. And remember, Albert Wilson opted out and Alan Hearns opted out. So Williams has had a very well opportunity to shine in Miami through two games. And he is not only three receptions, 12 yards, uh, 12 targets, which is certainly enough to get some fantasy points. It just has not worked out. And uh, Isaiah Ford is, is actually doing uh, much better on the practice field and in the games than Preston Williams. And so, uh, Joe, I, I don't know on this one here. Uh, this is this is certainly <laughs> – Certainly a player that, that is, is goes into my conversation of potentially cutting before you get locked into the Thursday night game. But uh, unlike the other guys who I, I think that there is some value to, if Preston Williams does not have a good game tonight, I, I don't I don't know that I could endorse this. Sorry. And, and you're right. This is actually a move that I would think that he if he got cut this week in your league because of all the free agent frenzy that happened on the waiver wire with all of the week two injuries, and there were plenty of them. I would pick him up and just see, have him on your bench. You don't even have to play him. Pick him up, have him on your bench. But if he's out there and you could acquire him in a trade, here's the thing. Yeah, he went against Stefan Gilmore, game one, right? Second game, he's got the Buffalo secondary, who is about as good as it gets. So that's quite a deficit, especially with Devontae Parker not being really healthy enough to draw some attention away from him. So he's been struggling, and I think a little bit because Devontae Parker hasn't been healthy. Now, what he is getting is a ton of targets. 12 targets in the two games, that's great. That's what you want. Keep filtering him the football and tonight i think there's an opportunity for him to have a fair amount of target volume as well if it doesn't go tonight okay fine you cut him you move on that's fair but 
in terms of central cricket today, looking at a guy who, who pop in this game, and then all of a sudden he can become a player that is useful in the lineup going forward. And I, I just I believe all last year from him. So as long as he's healthy, Chalkley speaks up to just horrible matchups for him. Point Tua is going to take over in mind. That could change things dramatically for a guy like Preston Williams. But for now, Craig's probably right. He could be a guy that got cut and is on the waiver wire. And if he is, go at him right now tonight. Stick him on the bench and see what happens. Right, but again, if you do that, you can't cut him if he does nothing, and then you're stuck with him in some leagues until stu- Sunday or Monday. Yeah, you, you, you're stuck with him for a while. But what, what, let's say he has, I don't know, six catches for 70 yards in a of his Okay, now that starts guy or in bye week was a wide receiver that's that's pretty useful that's the same kind of dude that everybody was fighting over to get Nikita fighting over to get Russell Gage he fits that same potential statistical profile of those kind of guys the way they fit into their respective offenses so that's all I'm saying yeah pick them up listen you have opinions and you want to and you want to have guys uh, Mm -hmm. you have your guys that you want that you think people should acquire and there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that I I just uh, I don't agree. I just don't agree there. Um, the final one is Jerry Judy, and I agree. I just think it's too late. I, I don't. I, I think that he's he's not a sell low for anybody at this point. I think everybody's aware Sutton is out for the year, and I think that look, it's a great point to want to acquire him. You'd have to construct some sort of trade here for me, Joe, to convince me that someone's going to want to part with him. He's the number one wide receiver in Denver. I think everybody knows that, and I don't know what kind of year he's going to have with the quarterbacking situation there. I like Driscoll. I think he could be okay if. If Fangio has his way, my guess is that he'll bench Driscoll and put Bortles in there and run the ball 50 times, and that would eliminate any value with Judy. But uh, look, he's he. this is his time. I think that of, of all the guys here that we've discussed, I think that there's a chance now that he's a 70-catch kid with 1,000 yards and eight or nine touchdowns. But, but don't you think everybody else sees the same thing? I don't know if they do, because I think some people look at it and they barely knew in casual leagues who Drew Locke was, right? A lot of people play fantasy football, but their knowledge is not. There's a lot of people who watch who's in casual league and they'll say, oh, well, they lost a quarterback. Oh, they lost Court and Sutton. Oh, the Denver Broncos are done. But what you're saying is right. And in the sharper leagues and more of the expert circles of things, too, sure, Jerry Judy's stock has gone up. But I think in the casual leagues, the stock has gone down because all of a sudden you can't identify necessarily, oh, I took a shot on this rookie kid, then I watch college football, and oh man, they lost a quarterback and things aren't going well for Denver. I don't want to be on my team. I think it's the perfect situation to go out and acquire because you're right. The volume is going to go to him a little bit more. I think he does have some touchdown upside. God knows the guy's got a ton of talent. And a lot of people will also look at it and say, who's Jeff Driscoll? I never heard of this guy. And he's probably good enough to still make Jerry Judy fantasy relevant. And that is the truth. Sometimes we have to take a step back here as people who do this for a living and realize most people don't. And what they're failing to recognize is understanding the depth of the pool and understanding that just because these injuries happen here to Denver, losing Sutton, losing Driscoll, a negative narrative, that's a good thing for his fantasy value of Jerry Judy. But it also makes it a lot easier to acquire him because there's a narrative out there from the casual players that goes, well, this doesn't look like a good situation. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's fair. But, but I do think that most people, if they're putting the time in, uh, understand who Judy is for sure. Uh, but look, you know, certainly you 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 want to acquire these guys. Those are the players that Joe, uh, is, you know, says are are you know certainly viable players. I agree on a lot of them. The first two, certainly I do. The third one in in Williams, I'm not sure about. And Judy, I think is going to be tough to acquire. If I had one guy this week that I think that you could get for free 
on my end that we didn't include here, it would be Alshon Jeffrey of the Eagles. I just think that he's the he's the last man standing there, and he's going to catch some touchdowns. Probably not going to do much else, but the Eagles are in such disarray. When Jeffrey comes back, I think he gets some red zone targets. All right, fantasy or reality is coming up next, so make sure you stay tuned. We'll talk about the Washington football team. How long will they be named the Washington football team? I'll tell you next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As we get ready to wrap up on today's show, don't forget we have plenty more to come on the rest of the week. Friday's show, we will get you ready for the weekend, recap what happened in the game tonight. And of course, Joe, coming up on Sunday, it is fantasy game day, uh, Sunday morning, very early in the morning, getting you ready both in DFS and season long <laughs> leagues. What's on tap for this Sunday? It is. It's early. It's 8 a.m., 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. So uh, you might have to set the alarm. If you're on the West Coast, you got to get up early. But uh, look, if you've got kids, you're up already on the East Coast. Forget it. You're already up and awake anyway on Sunday morning. So you might as well tune into Sports Grid. You can catch Matt Stryker from WWE and Lucha Underground fame, the Eric Young from NXT WWE and current Impact Wrestling Champion. All talk football with me, Joey P. We're going to go through FanDuel. Every position there, the guy, the guys we don't, we're going to talk about your starts and your sits, the latest news in terms of injuries and how that affects your fantasy Sunday. So we've got it all covered for you. 8 a.m. Eastern, it's fantasy game day with the three amigos, and it's a good time, I got to tell you. We'll look forward to catching you on Sunday. Just a couple of quick notes here in the NFL to discuss. Uh, Joe, this is a little bit of a surprise. Didn't see this coming. Uh, Adam Teicher, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs, reports that Sammy Watkins is in concussion protocol. So certainly if uh, oh, if you, have... if you saw that game, you saw it coming. He got hammered in that game. I don't know if you caught it or not. I mean, he got absolutely lit up in that game. It was a terrible hit that he took. So that's not surprising to me at all that he's in protocol. Yeah, well, I mean, now at this point, um, Demarcus Robinson or maybe Hardman, those two players could be viable uh, this weekend for sure. Also, Alshon Jeffrey, as I just mentioned, Return to Eagles practice today, so he's lined up to play this weekend. Also, George Kittle could potentially play. These are all decisions that you're going to have to make on Sunday. I'm not sure that we're going to even have clarity on it tomorrow. Okay, fantasy or reality, guys. Let's do it here for this Thursday, and let's start off with the big game in the NBA tonight. Sadly enough, we're closing in on the end of the NBA season, which has been very entertaining in the bubble. Fantasy or reality, Denver Nuggets ease, even the series tonight at 2 against the Los Angeles Lakers. L.A. went up 2-0. It's almost as if L.A. had to fly across the country, Joe, and play in Denver for Game 3. <laughs> but they did not. They just basically are in you know, different hotels and just had to walk downstairs and play against each other. Regardless, Lakers are a favorite again. Fantasy or reality, Nuggets even the series tonight. Uh, I'm going to say fantasy. I, I think the Lakers win here again. And I think the Lakers can smell it. I think they're getting close there. And I'm sure that, you know, it's not shocking that the Nuggets are going to go out there and win a game. They weren't going to get swept. I don't think anybody thought that. But I think the Lakers kind of go, okay, you know, we, we see what you did. We see how you beat us. And now we're going to turn around and we're going to remind you again why we're the Lakers. So I'm actually going to say fantasy. I think the Lakers go up 3-1 and eventually go up 4-1 and then obviously into the finals. That's my take. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. Craig, how do you see this one shaking out? Do you think it's fantasy reality that the Nuggets – will even the hmm. series tonight against the L.A. Lakers. This is a really, really tough call tonight because I don't think Denver comes back 
from down 3-1 this time. So I'm going to say that they tie it up tonight. I'm going to say that they do mm. they tie it up tonight. Just think of how the Lakers ended up winning game two in the last second of the game. Denver has played very competitive. I still think LA is going to win the series, but I do think Denver wins tonight. So clearly that's the direction that I would go with them. Okay, fantasy reality. Well, let's go to our second question of the day. And boy, it is just very strange to just keep saying the Washington football team. I got to tell you, uh, I, I'm all in favor of them getting rid of Redskins. That's fine. But it, it is it is tough to just forget to not say Redskins. And I've seen it on national TV, everybody messing up and saying it all season long. I've messed it up here. Joe's messed it up too. But I would like to see them have a new name. I guess there was just not enough time. Are you kidding me? Not enough time to come up with a new name by now at this point. You still don't know. So uh, I'll, let's just throw it out there. Washington football team, Joe, fantasy reality. They'll have their new team name by January of 2021 so basically we know they're not making the playoff season ends and then they name their their new name they're gonna i assume they're not gonna be the washington football team right in january uh, i certainly hope not uh i'm gonna say fantasy i don't think it's gonna be fe- uh, january i think it will be february around the super bowl they'll probably announce it'll be a fun kind of in between week of oh we finally come up with a name and then it'll keep the nfl in the news and relevant and all that and i i understood that by the time you get in there to change all the imagery of everything you had it was a lot easier to pull everything off than it was to pull everything off and then put a new logo on everything. Time, money, COVID, all that stuff. It made sense. I'm not going to crush them for that. Uh, But I will say I'm going to continue to push the narrative of the name I like, which is the one I came up with, The Justice. I like that. You can call them The Washington Justice, The DC Justice. I don't care. I think it's a good name. I'd like to see a little gavel with a football on the end of it. I think it would be a fun little helmet there. Uh, so that's my vote. I want them to be the justice. I'm sure there'll be something else that'll be uh, way worse and silly, but doesn't matter. Anything's better than Washington football team at the end of the day. That's for damn sure. And God knows every week I put at least $2 in the jar when I say the R word. So I'm going to try not to say it. It's very difficult to unlearn something that you did for 40 years, but alas, here we are. So Craig, will they have a new team name by January? It seems a little soon to me. What do you think? I think they will. I think it's a reality, and what they will do is at some point toward the end of the regular season when they fall out of it, I think they'll make the announcement to sort of boost the team a little bit. It's a great marketing tool. Uh, and then, of course, their their new jerseys, their new logo, their everything else will happen uh, You know, right before the draft, I would say, in April. And uh, you know, you know, by April, they're definitely going to have a new name. That's for sure. Then there's no oh, way they're sure. getting out of that by the draft. draft you know, absolutely. Do you have a name yeah. in mind? What what name do you like? Do you favor one? Uh, not really. Um, no, no passionate I, I, names I would about the you. Washington football team. Not really. I would go with yours. I thought yours was pretty good. The justice was you good. like the justice. Sounds good. It, well, yeah. it, it's it sounds tough. It sounds like it's Washington. I just don't want them to call them the the generals or the senator. Like all that stuff. The monuments. So right? Isn't that another one that I've heard? The monuments. That's a. T- I mean, no. what, what what monument are you going to put on the helmet? It's going to be this weird like Washington monument symbol kind of like that's that's kind of weird too. And we all know monuments are not people's favorite things right now. A lot of people want to pull down a lot of monuments. I don't know if the monuments is the best idea where you want to go for a football team name right now. Just just throwing that out there too. I think we should move away from the monuments. And it's hard because the Patriots already exist, right? So you can't really go all red, white, and blue. Right. You want to have something that feels like I don't know. I mean, the Sentinels isn't bad either. And I know that was the name in the uh, the Shane Falco movie, obviously, uh, with Keanu Reeves. But 
that's not a terrible name either. That sounds pretty good, at least. So, what was the yeah, XFL I, I team name? What was the what was the DC name for the XFL? Do you remember? Renegades, maybe the the Defenders. There you go, the oh, Defenders. Defend. Thank you, Brett. Yeah, I don't know if I like that one either. I don't think you could use it, but I don't like that one either. Yeah, weren't weren't they the Generals in the old USFL or no? I or think the, so. I think I so. I, yes, okay. Yeah, the Washington Generals. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. maybe I thought the Jersey that. team was the general. See, see now I'm now I'm rethinking. I thought the Jersey Generals were wasn't that the the New York New Jersey team, or maybe I'm right. Wrong. I don't know. Time, USFL. I'm saying the USFL, the USFL from a long time. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, look, just come up with something better than what you had. And also, while you're at it, maybe you want to think about changing the colors. I'm not a big fan of the maroon and the yellow. Uh, just not no, doesn't do it for me. It. I don't like it. I don't like it. Maybe this yeah, it's actually the local high school colors here too. I don't like it there either. I don't like it. The, the Washington sports grids. There you go. A little sponsorship action. A little SG on the helmet. There you go. I like where your heads at, Mish. I like where your heads at. Don't let Washington here at Lumayon. Washington fans. Let me tell you, in our lifetime, <laughs> it's very possible we're going to see the Washington Vandals or the uh, something other things. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I didn't say it, and I didn't say the R word either. Now, you almost got me on both, but I didn't say either. <laughs> All right, let's cap it off here. And uh, Joe, of course, the big wrestling fan here. We've seen uh, former champion John Cena make the complete transition from wrestler to actor, and he's become what I would say is a very good actor, both comedic and in action flicks, although his action flicks are a lot more popular than the comedic ones, that's for sure. And John Cena is getting ready to take on the Suicide Squad spinoff. So he is going to be uh, on HBO Max. We'll see that. It will be very, very well received for sure, as is Suicide Squad, no doubt. Now, we all know, Joe, that The Rock is the biggest action flick actor in the world that's just cannot argue that at this point and look it used to be tom cruise and some other people as well were involved in that but now it is the rock the rock's in every movie every action movie if it's a big one <laughs> the rock is the guy but has john cena moved up to two fantasy or reality john cena is the second biggest action flick actor in the world joe is that fantasy or reality <laughs> I'm going to say it's a fantasy, and I'm going to tell you why. Because of the John Wick films. That's right. you got to put Keanu oh, above him. He's had the Matrix yeah. movies. He's had the, the John Wick films, which the first John Wick, one of my favorite movies. So simple, so effective. The fights are so damn good. It's great fun. The second one is fun. Third one is a little silly, but it's fine. They're all good time. They're all worth your popcorn and watching those flicks. I would also put Theron over him as well. She did The Fury Road. She did uh, Atomic Blonde, which is spectacular action film. And she also just did um, The Old Guard on Netflix, which was really good. I would say Hemsworth is kind of in there, too. He did that really good movie on Netflix. He's Thor. That's another guy when I think action movies. Uh, he did Extraction. That's the name of it. I was trying to remember what it was. It just came to me. So you got to remember some of the Marvel guys in there, too, who have their own franchises that are still going on. And Hemsworth still has his going. But Cena's in the conversation, but... I don't know, man. Like, I don't, he hasn't had a John Wick or an Atomic Blonde or anything like that that's going to be like a series of movies for him the way The Rock has. Right. Yeah. I would say it's probably fantasy also, but it's, it's worth the conversation. And, and John Cena is doing so many of these movies now. And, and I, and I think that from an action perspective, he's up there. But you may be right. He may need a little bit more time to finish that off. 
Uh, speaking of which, I made the commitment, and I forgot to mention to you uh, here on the show that last weekend we did finish watching Cobra Kai season two. Ah, so ah. so now we are complete in in watching the first two seasons. I would tell you this without giving anything away because I hate when people give things away without watching it. First of all, I thought that if I had to grade it, I would grade the first season an A plus. There's no question that the first season was fantastic. The second nice. season I thought was still good. But like most things, when when you spend 30 years preparing and then you come up with a first full season, you're putting all your eggs in that basket, making the best shows you can. Now they ask you, oh, do a second season, do a third season. Naturally, sometimes they're not the same. The best series that we've ever seen get better as they go. And that's why they're so few and far between. I would have given season two a B and I gave season Mm -hmm. one an A plus. I I didn't think it was as good as the first and it had nothing to do with the nostalgia I just I thought the stories were just kind of going all over the place in the uh, in the second. It was season. a little thin. So we'll see where season three is. It was a little thin. Well, and I and I'm sure you enjoyed now that I can sort of openly talk about it. You enjoyed the uh, the reintroduction of a former character into season two. I think that was the big highlight for yeah. me because that guy's awesome. And now that you've seen season two, you can answer your question from a couple weeks ago better. Do you think season three we get Elizabeth Shue? I mean, don't we need oh, her now? Yeah. Isn't no that question. kind of where yeah. right? No okay. doubt. So no I know I, no I was very careful. I was a very good co-host to you. I didn't make it too obvious, but I was very definitive. I didn't know. She needed. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I took good care of you there. Cause you get that thing at the very end of season two, but season one was so much fun and the whole Johnny character. And you just kind of what was so amazing to me is you really felt for the guy, like a guy that you grew up as a kid, probably hating is the bully kid. And he really kind of wasn't. And then you start to understand her. And I couldn't believe how much I just I wanted him to succeed and I wanted the dojo to work and I wanted everything to happen for him so bad. And including I wanted his car to start. That's what I wanted, because that car is pretty old. <laughs> yeah, his character is very well done on the show. And and again, he's still like likable, but not, not likable. And I get it. But I, I love the way that his character sort of stuck in the 80s. It's so All right. Sports Grid 60 is next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today with you here on SportsGrid. FanDuel's Jim Sanis will be with us on the show tomorrow helping you make some money in daily fantasy like I did last week. In fact, I made so much that I may be able to retire, but I still will continue to do this show here on SportsGrid. I'm not giving it up no matter how much money I make. It's never going to happen. Also, uh, Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm and Wager Alarm joins us to go over all of the games in the Super Contest when we pick those games on Saturday night on our live stream. But before we get through all that, we got to end today's show. So let's end it by turning it over to Joe Pizzapia. And Joe has the Sports Grid 60. Joe? Prospecting is hard in Major League Baseball, especially in fantasy. Often we get sold the bill of goods of this is going to be the next guy and that's going to be the next guy. And sometimes they don't end up being that. And sometimes they do. And sometimes it just takes a little longer for them to develop. And Alex Gordon's going to end his career this year after a pretty good career. Things did not start out of the gate the way everybody wanted them. He was supposed to be the next George Brett, the next franchise, the next guy. Well, it turned out he was just a really good player, 
a girl, a player who turned out to be a three-time All-Star, seven-time Gold Glove Award winner, ended up winning a World Series as well. So Alex Gordon ended up having a very productive career and being productive for fantasy teams as well. It just had to take a little bit longer. So keep that in mind next year when you're looking at prospects and what they did or didn't do this past year. Have a little bit more patience sometimes. Yeah, and look, Gordon ended up being a really good player in the big league. So at this stage of of where he is, it does it does make some sense to retire. Uh, yeah, I want to end the show here on a on a little bit of a note on the NFL. And and my point that I'd like to make is at the beginning of the season and even before the season, uh, some very smart people, a lot of very smart people, immediately go to when teams trade players that they are tanking. And, and and I just don't understand why people didn't learn their lesson last year from the Miami Dolphins. The team that was tanking this year was Jacksonville. They traded their best offensive player. They traded their best defensive player. They're 1-1, one and, one and they could be 2-0. and oh. These are human beings. Teams may set them up to fail by their general managers, but the players are still going to play hard. Jacksonville's not tanking. Neither is Carolina. Teams don't tank. It may look like they do, but in, in the end, the only team that really mastered the art of that the Philadelphia 76ers. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Brett Levy for Danny and Joe Pizapia. I'm Greg Mish. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.